Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Ma, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, you know what to do. Text him in, 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to your questions uh, before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Hey, before we get into uh, what we saw last night with the defense and, and all the things that didn't go right for this, this team, uh, I saw this tweet. I retweeted this from Jeremy Fowler, and I don't know if you've seen this, but here's what he tweeted out. Sources, Seahawks are bracing for Russell Wilson to miss at least a month and possibly six to eight weeks with his ruptured middle finger tendon that likely requires surgery. Seattle thinking about Wilson's long-term health. Barring an unexpectedly swift recovery, it's Geno Smith's show. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, season over. I mean, it's like... Uh... It's in it's in bad shape, and I tend to agree. I mean, the fact that uh, you know he flew down to Los Angeles today. I mean, you can tell that he he's not able to move the middle finger because it's at the joint and all that stuff. And you know, it's it's. It, I'm glad Jeremy was able to find somebody to at least talk about that injury because even Dr. David Chow, who's down there in San Diego, is the best on the internet as far as injuries. Didn't have a prognosis report on it because you know you don't have these type of injuries too often. But uh, no. I, to, to me, that's devastating because if it's going to be six to eight weeks, then, uh, you know, that takes away so much from this team. Now, Geno Smith did a great job last night. Fantastic job. But again, he's he's not Russell Wilson. And so you go to a backup quarterback, there's going to be a drop off also coming up against Pittsburgh. Uh, you kind of doubt whether Chris Carson is going to play with that neck injury. And we know how bad the defense is right now defensively. It's uh, statistically the worst defense in NFL history. Things don't look good. Well, and I'll say this. If it's, you know, you said six to eight weeks. I think, you know, there's a possibility it could be four to six yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the new thing is five to 12 weeks. Five to 12. Yeah, five to 12. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're at Pittsburgh in nine days. Then you got New Orleans. I mean, that's going to be tough on the road. But uh, Sunday night game. So lots of time there. Yeah. Then you got New Orleans and Jacksonville at home. Mm-hmm. And then you got to buy, you know, before you go to Green Bay. You know, and I'm just looking at the schedule going. Maybe, maybe you could get him back for Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, if you can get if you can get him back in four, that would be great because you got the bye weekend there to play with, and that certainly would help. But uh, you know, again, it's trying to get through these next three games, and you know, you'd have to say Pittsburgh right now has been dis- as disappointing as Seattle. You know, you know, Seattle's two and three, and Pittsburgh's one and three, and Pittsburgh's offensive line is just a disaster. Ben Roethlisberger's not getting the ball deep, and so they're not the same team, even though they've got a very good defense that can cause some problems. Uh, you know, New Orleans isn't the same team. You know, they're very conservative right now with Jameis Winston. You know, their defense has done better than anybody have expected. But offensively, they have no wide receivers and you know virtually no tight ends, so they're vulnerable there. And Jacksonville is a joke because of Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. John, uh, this defense has a dubious record that they're attempting to break, or hopefully not attempting, but mm-hmm. are on the verge of breaking. Defense is tied in NFL record four straight games of allowing 450 plus yards of offense. So they've gone 532, 453, 457, 476. Seven teams have done it four times. None have done it five games in a row. Mm-hmm. This defense is an atrocity, yeah. John. And at some point, 
you, you have to make a change that isn't, hey, hey, we, we, uh, we activated LJ Collier and Kim Dietschy is now not active. Or, hey, we benched Trey Flowers and it's Sidney Jones. It starts at the top, John. If, there, if we're going to sit here and acknowledge that, hey, there's talent on this roster, but they're just not playing up to their mm-hmm. level, then it starts with the coach. It's, it's either Pete or it's Ken Norton, but one of them needs to relinquish command of the defense and put some fresh eyes on it. Uh, otherwise, I just don't know how you roll this out there every weekend and go, well, we're going to mind our P's and Q's and we're going to have gap discipline. It's going to be great. Easy fix. You can't do that anymore. No, I agree. I mean, like uh, Pete said last week, all options are on the table. And as much as I support Ken Norton Jr., we're seeing the same mistakes over and over again. The inability to cover the crossing patterns, the lack of uh, getting to uh, sync together with the linebackers and the cornerbacks. I mean, the inconsistency with the pass rush, it's the same thing. And once you keep doing the same thing, and if you don't make drastic changes, then uh, you know, what are you going to do other than lose? And so that's what I'm fearful of. And you know, uh, you know, Pete Carroll is so loyal to his coaches, he doesn't like making a change you know, in the middle of the season. But uh, I, I support Ken Norton Jr., that's un, 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 I'm not changing that, but it's got to be a consideration. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I, I just wonder if Pete will do it, you know, mid-season, and if that's because you know I expected, hey, they would turn things around. Because to me, I mean, I've been posing this question. I don't. Are they talented enough? I think they are, but I would say this: uh, Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams. You're not quite getting out of them. Whatever defense you're running, you're not getting the best out of those mm-hmm. guys because they haven't made any plays. Really, to speak of. So, yeah, it's... But also Dunlap, I mean, it's been up and down as far as his playtime. I mean, what did he have, 30 snaps yesterday? That's not enough for Carlos Dunlap, as good as he can be on the pass rush. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, Bobby, you've gotten 100% of the snaps from Mm -hmm. him. and. yeah. He hasn't had a lot of production. I mean, he's got lots of tackles, but yeah, it's uh, it's very befuddling. I mean, it just it's almost like the the defenses don't make sense to the players. Yeah. So yeah, the rules have broken down, and it's yeah, it's hard to watch. How do we look at Jamal Adams? Yeah, that's I saw that Pro Football Focus put out. I mean, look, he hasn't been making plays. He got beat. The worst thing to me is that he got beat on that corner route by the tight end, mm-hmm. and he wasn't even really close to him. The busted coverage and the underthrown ball, I'm like, okay. But, you know, I also saw a screen where he, you know, runs upfield, doesn't recognize it at all. So, yeah, it just hasn't been – I mean, I don't think he's been – as horrible as everybody else, you know, seems to think at Pro Football Focus and everything, but he's certainly not paying. He's not playing up to the level that you're paying him. That's for sure. No, no question about it. And uh, you know, I don't know how you resolve that and what you do. You know, he's a hard enough worker to try to fix it. He says he wants to try to fix it, but uh, looking at what we saw on Thursday night, it wasn't fixed. Yeah, I just wonder if you know they can put him in a better situation. Because however they used him last year, it showed up immediately. Well, we had that stat from ESPN stats that talked about the number of times they would blitz him per game versus now. And it was a pretty dramatic difference in in that they blitzed him a lot last year and so far this year, not very much at all in comparison. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I mean, I thought it was kind of strange the comment that Pete made, you know, about, uh, you know, the fact that the uh, Rams went into an up-tempo type of offense. And so they couldn't get the substitutions going to get Ryan Neal back in the game. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and look, everybody, I think because Ryan Neal had so much success yeah, yeah. and they yeah. were using the dime, everybody was like, well, that's the answer. And, 
you know, to me, you, whoever you put out there, you get him to drop to the right spot. And if Ryan Neal can do that, then okay, let's get him on the field. But man, there were just so many guys running free. Yeah, we were just talking about this. I mean, I was writing down the number of double-digit plays, John, after the game. I mean, just huge. 68, 33, 29, 25, 24. I mean, they had 15 plays that were double-digit, you know, uh, as far as yardage goes. Mm-hmm. So Those are the chunk plays that uh, Pete Carroll keeps talking about. Yeah. And then the other thing, when you start to look at the offense, why are they so bad on third downs? Because here's the thing that baffles me. You know, they took on Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Tennessee last year gave up 50%, 51.7% you know, on third down conversions. They, you know, gave that up. You know, the Rams came into the game 50%, which was the third worst in the league, on uh, <clears throat> stopping third down conversions. And what's this team go, like two for eight, two for nine? Yeah. And, yeah, well, and they bad. were two for ten last week. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been been tough on third down. Uh, question from the 425, John, says, Professor, do you think the secondary is being blamed too much compared to our defensive line? Matt Stafford had all day to throw on every pass. Well, the secondary plus the linebackers. You know, I think they're the ones that get most of the blame. I mean, you got some pressure, you know, coming from the defensive line. Now, also, the fact that they're giving up 145 yards on rushing, that has to work against the defensive line, you know, because, again, overall, they're giving up, what, 454 yards a game as far as uh, total yardage. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the criticism still has to be in that secondary and the linebacking core because you can't just put it all on the secondary because, again, the linebacking core and everybody else just isn't syncing with the, with the secondary. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about those two things. They have to work together. But yeah. I'm sorry, the ball is coming out really fast because there's guys wide open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to talk about – you know, pressure on the quarterback versus coverage. To me, it's the coverage. I mean, you're not giving the the defensive line enough time to get there. That's what the problem is. I don't think there's any problem. Well, I don't want to say there's not a problem with pass rush, but you know, you you always like to get more sacks. But I mean, if you look at what's going on and how wide open guys are, it's pretty easy for Cousins and for Matthew Stafford to find you know completions. Mm-hmm, no doubt. And then how about the idea that, uh, you know, Sean McVay vowed to get Robert Woods more catches. Oh, jeez. And, uh, you know, he came into the game tied with Tyler Higby, you know, with only 15 catches, second most on the Rams, even though you have 30 catches with Cooper Cup. And so all of a sudden, what's he catch, 11 passes for over 120-some yards? 12. Yeah, yeah. 12 passes, yeah. 150 yards. It's worse, yeah. John. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he, he's a guy that's always killed him. But what was this thing with uh, with him vowing to get Robert Woods? Was there – did he complain, or is that just something he said in the media or what? Oh, I'm sure Robert Woods complained. I mean, I, I still remember doing a sideline and Robert Woods coming over and, uh, you know, not in this uh, – not this year, but a couple a couple years ago, yeah. com- you know, just how frustrated he was and not getting the ball. So I'm sure he complained, and I think he even complained publicly about it. And, you know, Sean McVay took the blame, as he always does, because if something goes bad, he says, this is on me. And so he took the blame for it and then, uh, uh, you know, hefted it up and then was able to go ahead and get Robert Woods to 12 catches. I saw a lot of this on social media, and we're seeing it on the text, and, and talking about, well, why did the offense seem to play so much better with Geno and somebody else? Now we have somebody who can see over the line of scrimmage. Oh, and just, oh, I'm just like, are we Give really doing this? Are we really doing this that somehow Geno is going to be the answer and Russell's a liability? 
Come on, people. Do you think that person is going, ah, I got you, I'm messing with you? I, I hope like, so. I hope they it's going, a joke. Uh, how can they say that? He's I know. taller. I hope, I hope it's a joke. Do we even know how, do you even know how tall Geno Smith is? Is he 6'2"? I'll, I'll look. I think somewhere around there. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's re- but isn't that ridiculous? I mean, here's Russell Wilson having a Hall of Fame career and, uh, you know, has arguably been, you know, as high as the third or fourth best quarterback in the league. And now we go into the two short. Okay, so if that's going to be the case, uh, what's going on with Kyler Murray? Because he's actually shorter than, uh, you know, what you have for Russell Wilson. Yeah. 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 And, well, as soon as he fails or doesn't win a Super yeah, Bowl, he'll yeah, be yeah. too short. Oh, That's yeah. how it works, John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, I, and now it's like now with the extra days, you know, because of the Thursday night game going into a Sunday night game and all that stuff. Can you imagine how crazy the criticism's going to be? Yeah, it's uh, you're talking about with the Seahawks. And, oh, with the Seahawks, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a long time to stew on this, but I, I would say. You know, as much as you said, you know, Pete's loyal. He doesn't make changes to the coaching staff. If it were going to happen mid-season, mm-hmm. this is the time. This, yeah. is, well, this would be it, right? Because of the amount of time they have off. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. Because again, it's like uh, you have that extra time to try to you know have extra you know do different things in practice and something else. And you know, I don't know if it's a matter of taking if you keep Ken Norton and you take one of the assistant coaches, Deshaun Shed or somebody like that, and you know give him a little bit uh, you know more not authority but a little bit more call into what's going on on the field as far as the play calls you know john i'm looking at the lions zero and four going mm-hmm. to minnesota the vikings are one and three it's just hard to believe and i'm going to get back to us you know complaining about our defense but yeah the one win is against us and they sure made it look easy on a lot of those but you know what do you think of the vikings i mean i feel like they're going to get a win against the lions oh, yeah, lions are terrible but you know how bad are the vikings uh, they're not great, but they're good. I mean, because again, they've got a decent underachieving type of defense. You know, certainly they've got the good running game, whether it's going to be Madison or whether it's going to be Dalvin Cook. They've got really good receivers. And say what you want, Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. I mean, again, he played like a Hall of Famer last in the Minnesota game. I mean, because again, he just uh, was able to, you know, get the ball downfield and do just about anything he wanted to do so uh, and then of course you know the bite your knee off uh lions uh you know i think they're going to be down two two starting offensive linemen and they're just not good i think it's bite your kneecaps off bite your kneecaps off not the entire knee just the whole he's going whole knee well you know it it, it depends i mean if if you're just biting the kneecap off i mean that's like the appetizer but if you want (laughs) you want the full service dinner and the entree it's like you take the whole knee oh boy uh so jimmy garoppolo remains out and trey lance will get the start for the 49ers how do do you size up their chances Mm, i think it's gonna be and george kittle by the way is listed as doubtful doubtful. he's not gonna play yeah so it's like uh you kind of question it because again as i've been saying for the longest time my big concern about the 49ers are injuries and now the injuries continue to mount you know no jimmy g this week you know now you got a young trey lance out there he doesn't have george kittle who is you know a nice safe guy to keep going to that's not going to be there i mean you look at the receiving core debo samuel is having an awesome season but brandon Ayuk is off to a slow start uh they don't have anything behind those two guys so that's not good and so uh you know, overall, and then you know, I, I imagine that Trent Williams is going to play. But boy, if he doesn't play, then it's even worse. Mm. Hey, Packers at Bengals, and uh, you would think—I mean, going into the season, uh, that's probably going to be an easy one yeah. for the Packers. But 
both three and one in Cincinnati. What mm-hmm. do you think? I agree. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, you know, I know that Trey Wayne may not be able to play the cornerback who's always hurt or opting out or doing all those different things. But, uh, you know, it's like they do have a good pass rush and they are better on defense. And you've got Joey. They got new nickname right now for Joe, Joe Burroughs. I think what they're calling him, Joe Franchise. Joey oh, Franchise. Really? Yeah, yeah. Joey Franchise. Joey Franchise. That's what the players are calling him, Joey Franchise. How mm. about that? Well, Boy, all these cute names. Danny Dimes in New York. Oh, yeah. Franchise. These are all really cute. It's like baseball. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm just waiting when somebody be called a soprano. A soprano? Yeah. Somebody in New York or something like oh, that. Oh, from the, the TV show. From the TV sorry, show. Sorry, I yeah. was going music. I'm sorry. Yeah, da- Danny going... Dimes. It was like. <laughs> I thought you were going Na- soprano. Oh, you're looking for like a, a, how about, ma- a mafia name. Yeah, how about how about uh, like Nate Solder being uh, Nate Soprano? Nate the Nose. Nate the Nose, yeah. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> Something like that. So, as far as uh, the this, this season goes, you, we talked about they're they're going to face the the uh, Steelers coming mm-hmm. up here, and the Steelers have had a really rough go of it. Do you, do you see their problems being centered around Roethlisberger, or do, or do they extend? Into the O line, into the scheme, into the deep. How, how deep do the problems run in Pittsburgh? Well, they run deep, but I mean, it starts with the offensive line because they get they made five changes on the offensive line and it's not working. And so, because of that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is getting hit, and he's now got uh, what uh, a pec injury that uh, is painful. He's now got a hip injury that's sore, and so you put all that together, you know, it's it's scary because now. Uh, you know, here they are, and Ben Roethlisberger's not getting the ball downfield. Now, purposely with the poor offensive coordinator they had last year, they weren't trying to get the ball downfield. And, you know, Ben still has a good arm, but I think right now what you're seeing is kind of like uh, Drew Brees in his last year. It's like, uh, you know, the injuries are continuing to catch up, and maybe even like uh, Cam Newton in the last couple years. Injuries are starting to catch up to him. And so, uh, you know, and believe me, it's like the same. We'll see how different because you know they've got Mason Rudolph and they got Dwayne Haskins and all that stuff, so there is a major drop off. I mean, if Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to play because of injury or whatever, you know, then they're they're going to be probably a six six win team. Professor, the Baltimore Colts one and three. Baltimore Colts. I've said it because it's the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. Indianapolis Colts, yeah. Yeah. going into um, into Baltimore. Do, does every do you think every coach or probably not every coach, but do other coaches think the same way of John Harbaugh as Vic Fangio does? Because he had the whole thing where he, mm-hmm. he called him, uh, you know, it was BS. and He knows you know, what he, to expect from them. Yeah, it was like, yeah. you know. I, I think so because, again, he's done some of this stuff in the past. and so because, Harbaugh has? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so. didn't he get in an argument or a fight with a player at one point? He was arguing with somebody out before a game. Mm-hmm. I want to say that was a Patriot game or something. So anyway, that's not uncommon. What Vic no. Fangio? I mean, do you think most? You, you got to understand now. It's like when you see John Harbaugh at a press conference, he's as cool, calm, professional as possible. Mm-hmm. But say what you want, he's still Jim Harbaugh's brother. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> you know how Jim Harbaugh is. Well, the Harbaugh, and I told Bob this story, John, but my brother, he was two years ahead of me at Stanford. His dad, Jack, was the defensive coordinator at Stanford, Jack Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. And uh, my brother said he got in a fight with the basketball coach one time over like a film room or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it kind of, I think the the Harbaugh's are a little feisty. Oh, yeah. In fact, I I remember Bart Scott back when. Oh, yeah. uh, Can't wait. 
Was that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When he, you know, he moved from the Jets down to Baltimore and he just talked about how, you know, he's so rough on the players. And you go back, uh, you know, back what there was a couple couple times where the players had to complain so much during a bye week, you know, because of what Harbaugh was doing uh, with practices and what he was demanding and all those different things. So it's like he's tough. And again, you know, say what you want. I guess, you know, I'm glad you included that because with Jack Harbaugh, it's all part of the Harbaugh family. But again, you look at John Harbaugh. I mean, this guy is a great coach. Yeah, fantastic coach. I mean, he hires good assistants, and you know, you look at his press conferences, and you know, he's as nice as you're ever going to find in a press conference. But sometimes, I mean, he can be tough on the players and tough on teams going against him. And he has Greg Roman there too, right? Yeah, and you figure that's another type of guy like that. Yeah, because it's going to be interesting to see what Greg does against the with his running game. Because again, it's like you know, last year uh, Greg was really getting criticized because they thought, and even Lamar Jackson thought that the play calling was becoming too predictable. Because he says, "Hey, I'm standing here, and the defense is calling out the plays as I'm calling them. So something seems to be wrong." I think he's fixed that. I just love that that's just a family trait that yeah. goes from the father to the sons. To the, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just if your last name's Harbaugh, that's what you expect. I'm sure the kids will be that way, too. <laughs> oh, God. Just a little contentious. Just all. getting under people's skin throughout mm-hmm. life. Uh, John, you doing your show tomorrow? Yes, 8 to 11, and then taking your phone calls. Taking phone I'm gonna calls. I'm going to prank phone call you. Okay. I'm going to prank call, <laughs> see if you can. John, he welcomes all calls. I'll disguise my voice. Yeah. Yeah. You just you you got to ask him about what what are the what hey, are the Clayton? I love country music. Oh, <laughs> click. What else? Yeah, I click. think Russell's and, agent is great. Uh-huh. Urban Meyer's a, yeah, a genius Meyer's that's my, underappreciated. My hero. By the way, aren't you looking forward to seeing yeah. Urban Meyer in a couple of weeks? Yeah, and then I'll ask you a uniform. If he's there, I'm going to ask you uniform questions. Oh yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Did you like those last night, John? The highlighter uniforms. Uh, not really. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I don't love them either. Yeah. All right, John. Have a have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Okay. Thanks. All right. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at seven ten sports dot com. Well, it might be Geno Smith's time, but the offense will it still look the same? We'll we'll talk about that next with Wyman and Bob on seven ten ESPN Seattle.